0: This is Champagne Divorce Party, where we talk to inspiring women who have turned their divorce into the best thing that ever happened to them. We're your hosts. I'm
1: Carolyn. And I'm Gillian. We're best friends who have not only survived brutal divorces ourselves, but thrived in our lives post-divorce. And now we run Champagne Divorce Club, where we help women navigate their separation, heal their hearts and transform their lives.
0: Today, we're joined by Imogen Lamport. Something we hear from a lot of women going through separation and divorce is that the financial struggle is huge. When Imogen separated from her husband back in 2009, that was definitely true for her. She'd been running her image consulting business part-time, but suddenly had to either go and work for someone else or really ramp up the business so it could, could support her and her two young children. She chose the latter, and it sounds like it's been a great choice, which we're excited to hear all about today. Welcome,
1: Imogen.
2: Thank you for having me here
1: absolute pleasure um Imogen can you tell us a little bit first about the marriage you were in um you know how long were you married how old were you when you met sure I was early
2: 30s I'm trying to think exactly (laughs) early 30s it was 1999 (laughs) we met at work I was living in the UK at the time and we worked together we met and we kind of were friends for a while and we started going out And about a year later, um, we kind of decided we'd be together. We hadn't lived together at all, but we decided we wanted to be together. And I was probably 33 or about to turn 33 and, you know, like biological clock was ticking very loudly. (laughs) And we kind of thought, yep, like we'll have a baby. And, of course, got knocked up the first time we tried. (laughs) So... So then we suddenly I was like, oh, we're going to get married. And then we'd been living in the UK. We we're going to move back to Australia. So we did that and uh, got married like you know, six weeks later or something. It was all very, you know, quickly organised. It's amazing how you can organise these things in a very short amount of time. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we were together. But honestly, if we'd ever lived together before we'd got pregnant, we never would have stayed together because as soon as we started living together we realized that our living styles were not compatible oh no
0: what a terrible time to figure that
2: out <laughs> it like it was too late i was already pregnant uh so it was like dealing with all of that and then but it, is that sort of like, kind of like so you go well i'm going to try and make this work but you know there was a lot of things where you know so his mother had He'd been living at kind of at home with his parents and his mother had done everything. And he had this expectation that I would suddenly turn into his mother and I would do everything too. So, you know, all the housework, all the cooking, everything. But he also came from a family where they didn't eat dinner together. They all would take their dinners and go to their separate rooms and eat their dinner. Um, And so he'd never kind of like sat down at dinner table at night and that sort of stuff. So I'd be saying dinner's on and he'd be going, oh, yeah, I'll be there whenever sort of thing. And so, you know, it really didn't help with the communication or the relationship when and he was quite addicted to uh, World of Warcraft, which is a computer game. And <laughs> so I became what I call a World of Warcraft widow. <laughs> so, you know, like things just kind of went downhill uh, after we got married. So, <laughs> So rocky start yep. and uh <laughs> rocky path by the sounds of it. Rocky path, you know. And then you kind of like you know, you're trying to make a go of it, and then my son was born, and that was all good, but then I ended up with postnatal depression, and he was also quite depressed, having moved countries and all sorts of stuff like that. He was feeling kind of lost and alone. Um, so that really didn't help uh <laughs> the situation <laughs> And then, of course, you know, a couple of years later we decide to have another baby and, you know, I mean, just every, you know, children as much as they're great, they do put a lot of pressure on relationships, um, particularly when one person seems to be left to do the bulk of the work.
0: Yeah, which leads to my next question I was going to ask you, which was what sort of role were you fulfilling at this time as a, as a wife? It sounds like you're expected to fulfill that brief of being a very traditional wife was that what you expected was that what you wanted
2: it was not what I wanted but it was what he wanted so this is what his mother had been he basically wanted me to turn into his mother and he basically turned into his father immediately that we got married it was almost like some weird programming switch (laughs) (laughs) I never particularly liked his father (laughs) did not see eye to eye Uh, so so it was this sort of thing where basically he expected me to do all the cooking, all the cleaning, you know, you know, I do all the ironing. And I just, I barely iron for myself. I'm not about to iron for somebody else. And I'm like, oh, I'm not ironing for you. And I ended up being the person who did like mowed the lawn and I did everything. Um, well, World, World of Warcraft takes a lot of time. It does. And <laughs> look, and it was quite funny when my son was in first grade, I think it was, and they had to do Father's Day cards and, they, you know, drew themselves a card. So on the outside they had to um, draw a picture of of something that they liked, you know, their dad liked to do. And so he drew a, a picture of his father having a nap in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and he was actually quite offended by this. But he goes, but I take him to the park. And I said, yeah, but you spend. And, and then inside that to write something about, it. like, so my dad likes to play computer games and he likes to nap, you know. <laughs> That was basically what this card said, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> and, and he was offering it and I said, but, you know, he goes, I take him to the park, I said like half an hour a week. The rest of the time you're either on your computer in a different part of the house window nobody's allowed to go or you're going, I have to have a nap, I'm tired, I have to go and have a nap and have a sleep, you know. <laughs>
0: wow.
2: Yeah, it can
1: be quite painful to have a mirror held up, can't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, things ended in 2009, um, obviously, because it wasn't really much of a live wire, but um, (laughs) what aspects did you find most stressful at the time? You know, what what kept you up at night?
2: Uh, Look, you know, like, we had thought about splitting up, and we'd almost split up a couple of years before that, Um, and you know but of course you go we've got kids we'll try and make this work and there was this time where I was thinking you know I don't I used to think okay well when will we split up like at what point when will it be okay and I remember at the time thinking about it in fact my cousin worked for the child support agency and she said you know she actually told me some of the research on you know the effect on kids and she said it's actually easier if they're younger than if you then they're older. And, in fact, there are very well-known times, like there's the kind of under two, when the kids are under two, around between four and seven, but under seven actually makes it easier. And then people tend to split up again when the kids are about 14, where they think they're probably old enough to understand. Um, but it's actually probably one of the worst times. <laughs> so, yeah, 14-year-olds have enough going on. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so, fortunately, we split up in the kind of under seven time and, so it was that where there was, like, I'm going, there's all that kind of money stuff where I was thinking, like, can I afford to not be with him? Like, this is really hard work because he was quite one of these people who, if he didn't like doing whatever job he had, he just quit. He wouldn't worry about how was anybody going to get fed. You know, I'd had some, you know, shares that I'd invested many years earlier and I ended up having to sell them just to keep us afloat. Um So it was this sort of thing where he kept just quitting, like, I don't like stuff, and he just quit. Uh, And I had to, you know, kind of pick up the pieces. So this financial thing was really kind of hard. And uh, the whole time, too, I was thinking about my kids thinking, do I want my kids thinking this is a good relationship? Do I want them going that this is the model of a relationship? And I want that is not what I want my kids to think. I don't want my kids growing up with that is what is good. Um, He he was one of these people who would – kind of get angry very easily so we're always walking on eggshells around him so i just went you know i don't think this is good and so fortunately he actually decided we'd had some couples counseling (laughs) and uh uh you know it was in the session where he said i have these dreams or fantasies about you know taking a knife and stabbing you and i remember thinking really there's no coming back from that is there (laughs) Yeah, that's that's hard to recover from, I think. <laughs> like I'm going, you know, like I, I used to have dreams about thinking maybe he will just have a heart attack and die. Like that was, <laughs> But I wasn't like trying to kill, like I, I wasn't of actually killing him. So, you know, that was like, that was the real, the last nail in the coffin. And then he actually turned on his birthday, he turned around to me and said, like, I'm leaving. Um and as much as it was a shock, because I never thought he would do that in that way. Because previous to that, I'd been the one going, you know, this is not working. Um, I think you know we both knew it was the right thing. So, and then it was just like the, but how can I afford it? Because that was always the thought of how will I be able to afford it? I'm looking after the two kids, mm. you know. Plus, I'm running my own business, but I'm doing this part time because I'm looking after my kids who have they were like four and seven at the time. Like they require quite a lot of work. <laughs> quite a lot of time and I really didn't want to go back into the workforce in the same way like you know and then they'd have to just be in childcare the whole time um so I was really going how do I do this so that kind of financial thing I think really can easily stop you from taking action just because you just go well what's going to happen how am I going to survive
0: yeah for sure it it sounds like for you financially, you know, you had your work cut out for you either way. So at least this why you were driving the ship.
2: (laughs) So, you know, it was hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so talk us through those early days. So he made the call on his birthday, which is a lovely birthday present to give yourself, isn't it? (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, How did did you cope in those early days and what sparked joy for you? How did you know that everything was going to be okay? Um,
2: The first, you know, 10 days was fairly horrendous, especially also because he didn't move out for the first 10 days. So that was also pretty bad and there was just that shock so even though I knew it would be better I you know it wasn't bad but the one of the things as soon as he'd moved out my son who was seven turned to me he said I'm glad daddy's not living with us anymore and I thought okay well this is the right thing to do like that was for me that's when I went this is definitely the right thing to do because he also was noticing that the moods and stuff like that, that we were all having to be, you know, one minute he was fun dad and the next minute he was angry dad. Um, yeah. So it was gone like for all of us. So, you know, just kind of getting by. I mean, I was lucky, you know, like with friends and things like that, everybody was nice and supportive. But I've also, you know, I was single till I was in my kind of early 30s. I'd had a life, I know how to look after myself. You know. <laughs> So I just kind of, you know, got on with it really and then just went, well, I have to make stuff work. Like this is where it's, I've got to take, you know, it's a fork in the road. I can either go and work for somebody else and that just made me feel physically ill at the thought of it or I can make my image consulting business work. And so that's when I went, this has to work. I love what I do. I just have to make sure it works. He was also very unsupportive of my business because I loved what I did and he could never find a job he loved. And so therefore... I was never like, every time I'd say if something good had happened he'd always just be really down on it and he was never supportive of what I did and he, you know so it was that sort of thing like actually suddenly having that freedom to you know do my thing that no time constraints in apart from the kids the time constraints but there was nobody else with that pressure of you know it happening and then also like the amount of like housework even though I was still doing all the housework just not having to do his laundry <laughs> cook for exponentially so it suddenly felt like everything was lighter and freer
1: Mm. um so can we talk a bit more about your business you said you couldn't stomach the idea of going back to work for someone else um you know how did you go about building a business while you also had your young kids there to, to look after
2: So I just started blogging um, kind of probably a few months prior to when we kind of split up. And so I just went, you know, I've got to, you know, like do And it was starting to kind of build. I was getting more of an audience. So more clients were coming to me. I was also like you know creating training programs for people to become personal stylists I was you know working with clients I was just really kind of went. I've got to put myself out there I've got to take any opportunity I can and just get myself out so just did a whole lot more marketing and like putting myself out there to to make it work um fortunately it has so
0: (laughs) well tell us like you know so that's that's obviously been what 12 years I think Yes. Is that, how's the business going now you know and do you think that your experience of divorce has helped you um to be better at what you do
2: it absolutely has and I actually had this business coach um some years ago who we were talking about like I so, said you know I now have about five people who work for me and in various different a lot of technical roles because of all the internet stuff and I do I do a lot of online stuff I need people who can do all that internet stuff for me and Uh, and you know she said you know let's talk about your relationship and what went wrong because even work relationships you need to go well where did you go wrong in that relationship so that's really helped me uh you know kind of working with the people that I work with to make sure that I don't make you know my own personal mistakes that you know where it was not maybe I didn't give enough compliments or you know like there's all sorts of different things in relationships that we need to think about um and whether they're work or personal relationships. So those sorts of things have made a difference and just gave me so much more freedom. It allowed me to steer my own ship, and I love that. And that was the thing that I think is I went, I can't go back to work somewhere in this red tape and, you know, you, to get anything done you have to jump through a million hoops and fill in 400 forms <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Um, and then, too, I love the freedom of being able to go. If one of my kids was getting some awarded assembly, I could generally, you know, go and watch that and I could do those sorts of things and I could be around before school and after school and I could fit most of my clients into the middle of the day so that that allowed me to you know bring in the income but also to you know have you know have them have as less what's the word you know interruption to their lives as well
1: yeah Um, I love what you said about about that about you know I guess your responsibility for relationships and and how you handle that and I know it's something that we've talked to a lot of women about who have come out of um divorce and who really have turned their divorce into something amazing they've really taken responsibility I guess for their role in it and not just gone oh well you know it was all him because you know we know that and we know that we have to grow from it I mean um do you feel that's something for you you've you've definitely grown emotionally Oh,
2: hugely, huge personal growth. You know, like I wouldn't allow myself to be the slave to someone else again. You know the funny thing that the minute my ex-husband and I got married, his mother turned to me and she said, I call this my band of slavery.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Welcome to the family.
2: (laughs) <laughs> and that, that was pointing to her wedding ring um oh my gosh so you know it was that sort of thing and i thought like i would never allow like <laughs> that's one of those things like i would never allow myself to be in a relationship with that you know that that was expected like i'm going to be really unfront now about what i expect and that this is an equal partnership and that i am not someone's slave and yes. um,
0: all mm-hmm. those things really matter um where, where are you at with relationships now? Are you...
2: I'm actually remarried. So, right. yeah, so I met my now husband in 2012 and we got married at the start of 2015,
0: so, yeah. So no
2: band of slavery this time, though. No, unfortunately <laughs> he, he likes to do stuff around the house, like, you know... <laughs>
0: Isn't that just one of the things you find most it, it's interesting, I think, dating after being married, like the things that you find attractive about somebody are not necessarily the things like in my twenties mm. I thought dudes who rode motorbikes and wore leather were really exciting and now I like guys who fold laundry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's nothing sexier than a guy who does his own ironing and folds the laundry and <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well and I'm very partnered now and sometimes my partner does my laundry if right. I he's physical- a Incredibly
2: exciting. Girl, that's <laughs> I, remember, I can tell you the day I worked out that my current husband is a keeper was the day he he cleaned my oven. <gasps> that is so sexy. Mm. <laughs> so <bad>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't even ask him to. I, yeah. It's like I think I was working and he was like, you know, in another part of the house and I come <sighs> out and he's cleaned the oven. <laughs> <laughs> I have never cleaned my own oven. I bet he saw some action that day.
0: (laughs) I think the first, we joke about this at home, my partner, I think the first thing, the first gift he ever gave me was a first aid kit. (laughs) Safety's big in in his industry and uh, and I was living alone with my three kids and he was like, you really need to have a first aid kit in your house. If anything goes wrong, you need this. And I thought... (laughs) He's very responsible.
2: I like that. <laughs> I have to tell you, my husband is not a great gifts giver. Like it's not his uh, love language at all. And our first Christmas he gave me a uh, a bucket of car wash tools. I, just, I got a new car, like a new car, fairly like a few months before. So he gave me, you know, big things. It wasn't out nowhere. It was relevant. It was relevant. And I said, I hope this comes with a car wash fairy <laughs> because this is a job this is a chore this is not a present
0: yeah but if it comes with a fairy it's a great gift <laughs> yeah so it had to come with a. it came with a fairy <laughs> <laughs> after you very subtly told him that it did <laughs> that's all right sometimes you just need some direction
2: <laughs> He now kind of has got more into understanding that if he wants to buy you know new saucepans it's because we need them in the house not because they're a present for me oh correct
0: yeah i I think uh, my parents divorced when i was six but my mother likes to say that i think one of the final gifts my father gave her was a vacuum cleaner (laughs) i think you know and that's probably an indicator i think when you're getting those gifts it's time to maybe start looking at your options
2: (laughs) i know some people that like my parents those are the great sort of gifts because they like practical gifts Mm. so for them they would have loved those sorts of gifts. They would have gone, great gift. It's practical and it's useful for well for me a gift is a luxury item I never would have bought for myself.
0: Yes. I always say a great gift is something I do not need in any way.
2: <laughs> but I would want. Like I'd love to have but I just can't justify spending the money on. That to me. Is- right.
0: Yeah. But I think what's great about what you said about the car wash stuff is that in a healthy relationship, you can communicate that <laughs> why maybe that needs a bit of massaging to be a good gift. <laughs> And he and he's receptive to that, so that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so, Imogen, how would you describe your life um, now compared with your life when you were married before?
2: Uh, it's quite different in many ways. I don't feel like I have to tiptoe around anybody. <laughs> that's, you know, a big thing. I think emotional stability is something that's really important to me. <laughs> uh and I grew up in a family where everybody was, like, there was never fighting and screaming and that sort of stuff. So it's not my not my shtick. And I know some people, that's how they grow up and they're happy with it. But for me, it's, you know, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having, I think, a much more equal relationship where, you know, we are true partners and he really supports everything I do and appreciates just, you know, A, that my work means a lot to me, but B, that it's actually really valuable Um and stuff so you know I think all those sorts of things make a big difference and you know I think I've had a massive amount of personal growth in the last you know well, 20 years since like, the turn of the century or since the start of that relationship <laughs> so you know I think it's and, and like I did write you know I did go down I went I've got to write a list of the kind of qualities I want in a person so when I meet them you know, that's what I'm looking for. And so, you know, it was, you know, we'll do housework. <laughs> you know, that was on my list. Yeah. But what um, else was on the list? Uh, being a generous person. Mm-hmm. Um, Just, you know, of course, you know, hot looks. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know, like intelligence, you know, I can't even quite remember what was on there, but it was just like being a, you know, kind of being a generous person, you know, do, doing housework, uh, like having some similar values in life, I guess. And I think that makes life a lot easier than... Oh, well,
1: values is such a big yeah, one, Yeah, we sure. talk so much about the values piece. Um, you know, we just, I don't, I just think it's something really, that is underestimated in terms of its importance to have that alignment of values. And it was only once I divorced and then met someone else that I realised how important the values piece was and how incredibly aligned um, my values and my new partner's values are. But, and prior to that, then how our values with my ex-husband really weren't aligned for, for a number of years. And it was really quite sort of, it made me stop and think, um, you know, how important that values piece is because it's such an important part of everyday life that you don't even, it's almost like a hidden part of everyday life.
0: Well, and I, th- I think that having values that aren't aligned really adds friction to your everyday life that you mm. don't even know is there until it's gone. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
2: yeah. The thing is if you don't have those values aligned, like that, there's already enough stuff that's going to create friction. You don't need that on top.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jill talks about, you know, that um, sometimes feeling like she was dragging a rock along behind her, you know, Mm -hmm. that you don't even realize that you're doing until you you cut it free and then you can just. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: that's a really interesting one. I like that. Yeah, it's true. And I think that, um, you know, that having that energy in the relationship, it often takes that alignment of values, that you're both striving for the same thing or you're both trying to get to the same place Um, and that gives the energy to your relationship, I think, which is wonderful.
2: And also think like having some similar interests, like so that you've got something to do together. And I think like I have never had any interest in playing computer games. (laughs) It was never going to be my thing. So it was like, well, what do you do on the weekend? Like what do you talk about? What you know, like if you have nothing, like and it's fine to have separate hobbies and stuff. Like I don't think you should be in each other's pockets all the time. But I also think that you've got to have something because, you know, especially when you've got kids and like your world tends to focus around your kids when they're really young. But they grow they grow up and they leave and so then it's a matter of. Okay. <laughs> my son promises me he, he's he's 19 now and he promised me he's never going to leave me. But. Oh, <laughs> oh bless his heart. Yeah. He's six foot two. Looks like. He's
0: <laughs> my 17 year old is already planning his exit.
2: <laughs> when my daughter was uh, three, she used to say, I don't live with you. I live over here on Butterfly Island Street with my cat. And <laughs> <son."> <laughs> oh, she's wonderful. She already moved out, like, she was three
1: i'd quite like to live on butterfly island that sounds lovely yeah it <laughs> does, doesn't it? It sounds beautiful um thank you so much for sharing your story with us imogen we love how you have you know really taken your business and run with it you know and turned your divorce into the best thing that ever happened um we're going to whip on to our fast yeah. five questions we'll now finish with our fast five they don't have to be fast i don't
0: know why we- we just like alliteration. They're not really that fast. <laughs> Feel free to take your time. <laughs>
1: um, all right. So number one, what is the hardest thing about divorce?
2: I really think it's the money. It's the financial settlement. Financial settlement makes people horrible. It really does. Oh, it sure does. It out the worst in everybody. Indeed. Amen to
0: that. <laughs> um, who got you through your darkest days?
2: Look, it would have been like friends, a few, you know, a few close friends and family. I was, you know, very lucky that my parents were supportive and they helped me, like loaned me some money so um, I could buy my ex-husband out of the house. So, you know, I wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to uh, like give it all up and like give the kids some stability. So for me that was a really important part of it.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and what's been your proudest moment since divorce? I really think it's kind of
2: creating the business of my dreams. Like the fact that I've t- taken something that was, you know, like when we first got divorced, I think I had to go and get like the food stamps and the, you know, like the the pension co- like what's that card? Like the, you know, you're basically on the poverty line. So, you know, I'm going, I was down there. So the yeah. fact that I now can employ five people and, you know, like <laughs> it's a huge difference. Yeah, that's something to
0: be very proud of. What's been your biggest gift from divorce? Look, I
2: think it's, you know, that personal growth that you get that, you know, like it wasn't like I was perfect in the relationship either. Um, so, so, and I've spent a lot of time, like, you know, working myself, understanding my values, understanding, you know, where I went wrong, things I've done wrong in relationships and how I can improve myself. So I think that's really the biggest gift is hopefully becoming a better person.
1: Oh love that um and what advice would you give someone going through a tough breakup
2: look I you know there's one of those things I did read about in some book somewhere which was like for every decision and everything that you're going through look at the you know in you know say 10 minutes what's going to be the impact it might be terrible but how about in 10 days what's going to be like in 10 months and what's it going to be like in 10 years And you can start to get that bigger perspective. You can go, is this a good decision or a bad decision? Because sometimes, you know, and I say this for parenting as well, like like, (laughs) it might be easier to give in to the kids in the first 10 minutes because it stops the whining. But in 10 months they're probably still going to be whining versus if you hadn't they wouldn't be. And Mm -hmm. I, You know, the short term is really hard but I think it's looking to that longer term to go, well, where do I really want to go? And now that I can drive my own boat and I don't have to be taking into somebody else's, you know, consideration, Like, I love the fact that in many ways I go, it's fantastic. I get weekends without my kids and as much as I love them. But it means, you know, my husband and I, we can do our own thing. We don't have to always be taking kids into consideration. We can go on holidays, you know, like there's all kinds of great things that can come out of divorce, provided you have a, the other partner is, you know, pulling their weight with the kids and stuff. Mm. But. I do think that we're all happier. And, like, and the other thing is I really made a point of never saying anything negative about the dad in front of them um, and always trying to go what is the best thing for the kids. At all times it was what is the best thing for the kids. I've got to, like, you know, suck it up. You know, the minute I'd shut the door on him if he was taking the kids, I'd be, like, you know, like poking looking <laughs> in the bird behind the door.
0: <laughs> that's, that's how we stay sane
2: <laughs> but you know the kids never got to see that and also too is it was always like well what's in their best interests? and now we actually have a very good relationship so he and I have a great relationship if you know anything comes up for either us we're pretty flexible which makes everybody's life easier mm. and so I think that that you know like you've always got to go well what in the long term is going to be the thing that's actually going to make the biggest impact. And that for me, is seeing that kind of long- term and big picture, not just getting stuck in this short-term hellhole that you might be in.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I think you know for I had a pretty acrimonious divorce and you know it's 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 been what five years now and and it's taken some time, but we're just starting to get to a point now where we can really you know co-parent in an effective way. And it's somewhere that I never thought we were ever going to get to. So, you know, it, it all happens in baby steps and, you know, if you just keep chipping away at it and, and I think, you know, I love what you said about always keeping the kids in mind. I mean it's so tempting to flick the bird without closing the door first but <laughs> but it doesn't get you anywhere.
2: <laughs> and I think the other thing to really import, like important to remember is that stuff is just stuff. Like when you are going through that financial settlement, like that it's just stuff. You can buy the stuff again, you know, like it's re- it's all just stuff yeah like and because we can get so hung up on but this is mine or i paid for this there's like all sorts of emotional stuff and in the end i was just going it's just stuff let it go because yeah. in the end that's going to make me happier and like one of my clients who is a divorce lawyer told me that you know she had clients who you know knows of or knows but i don't know if they're hers but would went to court over a copy of Stephanie Alexander's Cook's Companion. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, you know, a hundred dollar book cost them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
0: Well, I just picked up a copy of that at the last Lifeline Book Fair. I think for like ten bucks. So. <laughs> that's the thing. Is think you it was the one from that divorce. <laughs> You're going the book. You can buy it again. <laughs> really, I think too, though. You know, we and, and the reason I think sometimes we cling on to that stuff is because we don't think we're going to recover financially because it is so hard. Oh, yeah, much like I was very much like you. I was working part time as a freelance journalist when I got divorced and had the choice of either yeah. going to work for somebody or just trying to ramp my business up. And I ramped my business up, and it took a long, uh, you know, a lot of yeah. um, hard work as well. And um I just at the time couldn't see how I was ever going to financially recover from that because I just felt so poor and so desperate mm. that I was trying to hold on to as much as I could. But you do, you always recover.
2: Yeah. And I think so. yeah. it is one of those things that it's like, yes, because that, and I think it's safety and security, it's the things you know and all that yeah. stuff. There's a lot of emotional stuff wrapped up in it, but it is one of those things to just have to keep reminding myself it's just stuff.
0: Mm. If if I could have had the choice, I think it would have just set fire to all of our joint stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cookbooks, my ex wanted a whole lot of cookbooks for some reason. I don't know why. And my friends were like, No, you can't give him those. They were gifts and from him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, take them. It's fine like whatever I really don't care it's not it's not my priority you know I had other priorities at times, so I was just like sure I have them I can go on the internet and get a recipe <laughs> yeah they're <Absolutely>. everywhere <laughs> it's really not a problem um thanks again Imogen um it's been really lovely to talk to you um you know you've definitely turned your divorce into the best thing that's ever happened cheers to you thank you Thanks for listening to Champagne Divorce Party. If you're going through a tough breakup and would like support from industry experts and a community of like-minded women, come over and join our Divorce Club at champagnecartel.com slash divorce. Catch you next time.